Ovid, welcome to the Craft Beer League podcast. Thanks, Mike. You're the head brewer for Golden Road Brewery. Yes, indeed. I am the head brewer for the LA location. Uh, we have a couple locations throughout Southern California and one in Northern California. Um, I am the one for the main production brewery, which is the original brewery, actually, where Golden Road was started. Um, and then we have a facility in Orange County as well in Huntington Beach, and those facilities have a head brewer. Okay. Wow. Nice locations. Very nice real estate. Nice real estate. Yeah, exactly. Us. We always start off Ovid, with the origin story. How did you get into craft beer and specifically, which I think is really exciting, brewing? Because we've talked to own breweries, but you actually brew, which is very exciting to be talking to you. How do you get involved in that? So it's actually a pretty uh, interesting story. Then whenever I tell it, people are just like, oh, we never would have thought you, you would have gone that route. But um, I'm originally from Northern California, a small little town called Fort Bragg. I graduated in high school in 2009. So um, the first thing that I wanted to do, you know, being from a small town, I'm like, I need to move. I need to go to a bigger city. I need to get my feet wet. I got to do something. So I was, I was always a, a big science nerd. And I, and I kind of like, since I was a kid, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why. I was five, six years old and people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I used to reply, I want to be a plastic surgeon. So I knew that if I wanted to do that, LA would be the place to be, right? I came to uh, Cal State LA. I majored in chemistry with a minor in molecular biology. So I, it was basically the pre-med program. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this done. And then I'm gonna transfer to USC Keck Medical School. That was like my big like big mindset. Finished the college, I got my degree, and then I applied to USC. I got in and I had about six months to spare after I graduated. And I, and I figured out, hey, well, I kind of, in a sense, it was weird. I'm like, I kind of had enough of the city for, you know, like four and a half years. So let's move back to my hometown. So once I moved back, I was, it was about two weeks and then I started going crazy. I'm like, there is nothing to do. I need to get a job. So I was fortunate enough that North Coast Brewing is actually based out of Fort Bragg, but North Coast Brewing makes a lot of great beers, including Scrimshaw, Rasputin, Prankster, Thelonious. Yeah. I saw an ad that they were hiring. So I'm like, well, what better place uh, to work at than a brewery? I was, well, you know, I was 20, 22 at the time. So I'm like, free beer, sign me up. So I went and I uh, applied, I got an interview and I, I was actually hired on the spot to be a tank cleaner and to manage the, uh, the chemical department. So basically I was gonna be uh, a cellarman. So that's how I broke into the industry. I just met a bunch of great people there. Um, the founder and the president of the company was uh, Mark Rudrick at the time. He was kind of like telling me, he's like, hey, let's, uh, let's teach you how to homebrew. I bet I can make a brewer out of you. So I was like, no, no way. He's like, yes, yes way. There is a, uh, <laughs> I have a similar story like yours. He's like, I was gonna be a vet. And I changed my mind and now I own my own brewery. I was like, okay, I'm like, I, I'm, I've always been curious about brewing, but you know, especially being from Northern California, like all I knew was like, how to make wine. So I was like, okay, let's, let's get brewing. Um, I, uh, I got together with a couple of guys from work and the uh, head brewer at the time, who is now the brewmaster, uh, Pat Broderick. He's the one that kind of like got my feet wet into brewing. And from then on, it was just kind of like, okay, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. This is what I want to do. I want to be a brewer. I just kind of fell in love with the science of brewing. And I just been doing it ever since, since 2013. 
And this is uh, my seventh year brewing. Stayed at North Coast for about almost two years. Um, in 2015, I just kind of like hit that point where I'm like, okay, I kind of want to go back to the city. I started applying to a couple places here in LA and I saw that there was an ad for a, um, a lab technician position open. I was like, okay. I'm like, let me, let me apply and see if, if I can get a, an interview. I actually applied. I got an interview. And then uh, about a day later, after I got the interview, um, the former brewmaster called me and said, hey, I saw your resume for the lab technician position. It's like, but how would you like to like work for brewing instead? I'm like, okay, that sounds a lot more interesting. He's like, yeah, you have a lot of stellar experience. You have a lot of brewing experience. Let's bring you on board. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I moved down to LA in September of 2015. Two weeks later after I started working, the buyout was announced. It was kind of like a big shocker to me. I'm like, oh man, we're about to be part of the Anheuser-Busch family. Like I had my reservations at first. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. What's going to happen? Um, are they going to come in here and kind of like tell us what to do? So obviously like a lot of us on the brewing staff are just kind of like, you know, in a frantic, like what's going to, what's going to happen? Honestly, it's been nothing but great ever since. And I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of great people in the uh, BCBU community, which is basically all of the Brewers Collective, like Legion, Ten Barrel, Carbach. I've met a couple other people from like Stella, all the, all the great brewers from the Legacy Breweries, which are the big um, Budweiser breweries throughout the United States, some people from Canada. That's the one thing I love about the brewing community is just we may be in different settings, we may brew different volumes, but we have the same goal in mind, and that is to make great beer. Fantastic story. From plastic surgeon to, to brewer. Let's dig into the, the Anheuser-Busch thing a little. You know, I would think that I, if that was to happen, you know, that could either go one or two ways. And it sounds like it went really well that, you know, the culture's there. You know, there is this certain rogue element of being in craft beer that you're yeah. small. It seems like there's a lot of pirates, for lack of a better term in it. You know, like if they were, if, the, if in a different era, these people might have been pirates, you know, because uh, a lot of the people that start these seem to be very entrepreneurial. Most of the people we talk to aren't big corporate types. How has that gone? Has that gone pretty well? Oh, man, I, I have nothing but good things to say about my experience with, um, you know, with, with Anheuser-Busch and um, like I said, I had my reservations, obviously coming from a craft brewery, like North Coast being one of the big, kind of like big players, the founding players of like the craft beer movement here. Obviously you had a uh, North Coast and um, Sierra Nevada, you know, those were like the big two up North um, and then Lagunita as well. So it was kind of like, oh man, like my biggest reservation was like, I don't want somebody coming in here and telling me, hey, instead of brewing like an IPA and using X amount of hops, you got to do like something like a lager and you cannot brew an IPA anymore. So I think that was the biggest reservation first, but once we started to just kind of like really get to know the players and got to get to know like everybody, we're like, okay, the only thing that changed is we have the access to better ingredients, which therefore translates to, hey, we're making better beer. That's interesting. So just because of the bulk buying that Anheuser-Busch does, you feel like you're, you're able to get higher quality than maybe a smaller player allowed you to. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we do like hop selection, you know, um, our hop selection is actually a little bit different than, than you know, most of the, uh, the craft players. Um, when I know that some of the craft brewers, because uh, I'm friends with, uh, with a lot of people here in the uh, LA Brewers Guild, um, and they tell me when they go to like hop selection, they they basically just kind of have like 
they're the only brewery on site. They may be like another small brewery with them, but they basically have a dedicated time. But when us, as part as um, Anheuser-Busch, like we have what is called the Brewers Collective, and that's all the, I guess, the craft portfolio of um, ABN that we go together as a group and basically like we have that whole day block just for us. And it's kind of like, okay, we may select this uh, lot of Simcoe and Elysian is going to select that other lot of Simcoe. We're still kind of mingling with other breweries, but it's kind of like our own little, like our own little club. Yeah, well, and I would think the uh, distribution reach that, you know, that, that, you know, that Brewers Collective allows is, is a great thing as well. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, like uh, we just ran into an issue not so long ago where I was running low on uh, certain raw materials and um, Goose Island just happened to have a little bit of a surplus. So we just literally called our friends up in Goose Island. And we're like, hey, can you, you know, shoot us down a, a few pallets of, uh, of this or that? And they're like, okay, sure. Like, let's just do like a little exchange. Like I have something you want, you have something I want. So it's kind of like dollar exchange and you know, keep things rolling without uh, slowing us down. How involved do you get in the uh, in the actual ingredient selection? How how deep do you go, or do you really lean on other people in the company? Do you kind of make a, a a list and say this is what I need, or do you dig into that a little bit more? You know, we we especially like as part of the um, I guess the uh, leadership team on the on the brewing staff, uh, the brewmaster, the head brewers, and the assistant brewmaster. We all collaborate on like especially hop selection, malt selection, even when we're trying to bring a new strain of yeast or some of the adjuncts like fruit purees, um, we're all very, very heavily involved. We all honestly start um, a project about maybe like, let's say if we're targeting um, a new beer coming out in the fall, we got to start working on it at the, at the start of the year, basically censoring and picking every single raw material before it actually starts production. So um, for example, when we uh, we have a product right now in the market called Champango, and it's basically kind of like a, a beer a beer mosa uh, in a can that's ready to go. You don't need to go to the bar and have somebody pour you uh, beer into like an orange juice and make you a beer mosa at the bar, but it's like, it's already in the can. So that took a little over a year and we, we just had so many things that we had to like formulate and how to figure out and how to make sure that everything was just dialed into our specifications and to our obviously your approval and liking and obviously the more people you get involved in a project a lot more steps that need to be approved and kind of go through i know it sounds a little cliche sometimes but we're all a big family and we take each other's inputs very seriously beer mosa in a can i would imagine would be very tricky to make yeah it was not easy to make but the uh, the outcome was definitely rewarding and yeah that's one of our products that's just like can't keep it on the shelf. That thing is just flying off. Now I want to try it. <laughs> because, you know, it definitely sounds good. I love the citrusy part of, uh, of these uh, craft beers. So something like that was right up my alley. What are you excited about it as far as? Well, Mike, the, the one thing that makes me very happy is that even in these uncertain times, I know that there's people out there still wanting our product. Normally out of the LA location, which is our production uh, facility, we, you know, we were pumping out about 95,000 barrels a year. Uh, we saw a drastic drop of about, I think this year we're, um, we're about to finish at around maybe 55 to 60,000. And obviously all the draft volume going into cans now. That's the one thing that I'm, I'm very happy that I'm part of this industry is that even in the uncertain times that, you know, like I, I can help bring that sense of normalcy that somebody can just enjoy my products that would normally be at a bar at home. And you know, they, they are, they're being safe. They're with their family. 
they're taking care of their of their own health but at the same time it's like they can still enjoy that beer that they were that they would go to the bar and enjoy um we did a lot of new brands that before were just kind of draft only and putting them into um into cans this year and especially here in the local market obviously doing like a lot of stuff for the community and just kind of um doing um crawlers for some of our draft only releases. So um, I'm definitely excited to see those bars open up again so I can get those creative juices flowing again and, and get some smaller volume R&D beers out to the market. The one thing that I noticed, and part of it I think have been, you know, the different states maybe uh, changing or, or loosening some of the rules, but uh, the home delivery of beer and craft beer seems like it's, it's, it's expanded. And, and maybe that's helped, you know, people who, especially someone who might not, you know, be able to get to the local, uh, you know, the, the local pub uh, now is able to get home delivery. And ha has that had an effect at all at Golden Road? Um, it has. And I would say probably um, the best thing about this year is just kind of like it made us realize how resilient our team is. Um, honestly, like we, we did, uh, several programs of, uh, kind of like beer drives of having designated areas throughout the LA area and like Orange County as well in Huntington beach, put in your orders, whatever you want, like we'll deliver it. Like if you put in your order today, we'll be delivering to these certain areas tomorrow. So we're kind of like sending people out there. Um, I know that there's like the certain platforms now, like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's like drizzly or something like that. It's basically yeah. like. Postmates for, for alcohol. We definitely saw a shift in that. Uh, just running promos at our pubs or people that want to come and actually to the pub and just kind of like a drive-through setting up our um, our parking lots, basically like stations. Like, okay, you pull in. Like, you we have several stations, one through, I believe right now it's like one through eight. Pull into the designated parking spot, and then somebody from our team will bring it out to you, pop it in your trunk. You stay safe in your car. You don't really have to get out. Yeah, during the start of the pandemic as well, what we were doing is basically selling beer, selling food, and also kind of we had like a pantry program. So let's say you're running low on groceries, and uh, especially out here in LA, it was it was kind of hard to actually get the the necessary like toiletries or or some of the uh, the groceries that we kind of take for granted. So that was one program that I was very happy to see come forth. Was like you can actually make use of our pantry and not only buy some beer, but you can buy a loaf of bread, uh, like a half a dozen eggs or something like that. What I think is going to be interesting is, you know, some of the drive-through is pretty convenient. You know, we were talking, today's been a little inclement weather in the Northeast. I wonder if that might be an element that some of these breweries still keep on even after COVID, you know, when things are safe and sound and you can go in and not care in the world, ultra convenient thing that you, know, you just sit in your car and they, that might be something that sticks in some places of the country where it's maybe not as convenient to get out of your car because of the weather or uh, traffic or something that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know that here at Golden, we're definitely going to take the initiative to keep some of those programs on board. Um, Drive-through pro probably being one of them as well. If, if, and if not drive-through, then at least just kind of like, designated pickup zones in our parking lots. I'm just wondering what's next for you? Are you, if you were to start your own brewery, you might have to step away from brewing, you know? So what are you thinking about in your life as far as is this, is, are you just looking to create more beers from a career standpoint or what, what are you thinking uh, the next step might be? So definitely for me, um, I actually, I, I had this uh, discussion with my wife not too long ago. You know, I got the technical aspect of brewing down and then I do a lot of, obviously, some of the business aspect from uh, from working with some of the forecasting teams and working with our sales team. 
but I think the next thing for me would be kind of focus on more in a operational uh, sense, I guess would be like potentially, um, I don't foresee myself trying to open up uh, my own brewery anytime soon, especially with, you know, uh, here in Southern California, we're like completely saturated with craft breweries left and right. Um, uh, but um, if uh, I think the next step for me would be a director of ops position, even like a brewing manager where I'm like, I'm not directly involved with per se, like making the beer or overseeing the production of beer, but kind of just seeing the operations um, as a whole. Um, that way I can learn more of the business aspect. And then at the same time, it's uh, I could always use a little more refresher on, on sales, you know, like I even uh, right before COVID hit, um, my wife and I were expecting our, our first baby. She was about seven months pregnant. And I told her, I'm like, hey, I, I kind of want to get a, a part-time job. And she just looked at me like, it's like, you work like almost 50 hours a week. Like, what time do you have to get a part-time job? And I was like, well, I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it before the baby gets here. And she's like, well, what are you thinking? I'm like, you know, I've dealt with the production of beer. I've dealt with the planning, some of the business. I'm like, but I've never really been on the retail end. And I've never worked retail in my life, so... And that's one of the, the life lessons that I hear from a lot of people. It's like, everybody needs to work retail at least once in their life. So I remember I applied to Vevmo because I just literally wanted to see, I'm like, okay, let me, let me be on the retail end of, of the sales and then kind of like work my way up. I'm like, okay, let me start a chain, like uh, basically, a, and then maybe I can work with uh, closely with our sales department to just kind of like gain a little more knowledge and just make me a better rounded uh, beer industry professional. But unfortunately, after I had my interview, about a week later was when we had the uh, the initial close down here in um, in LA County. So I figured I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think it's uh, it's worth me just being out there interacting with uh, with customers, potentially putting my wife at risk, you know. Yeah. So I, I kind of had to step away from that. I'm like, okay, maybe after things calm down a little bit, I can come back and just kind of work like on the weekends with you guys. Yeah. But I will tell you what, now that we have a baby, I, I really don't have any free time. <laughs> I was about, congratulations, but that, it's amazing what, how that happens. Yeah. Uh, describe that culture out there, just uh, the, the whole Southern California craft beer world. Yeah, honestly, um, it's uh, honestly just San Diego alone. They have about, I, I mean, this is just me guessing. I think they have at least 130 to 150 breweries. It's kind of like when, uh, before my wife got pregnant, like we used to go fairly often because one of her cousins is in the Navy and she's stationed down in uh, Coronado. So we would go and visit her at least once a month. And it seems like every time we went and we try to kind of make a little dent into the brewing scene down there, it's like, oh, hey, another one popped up. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, you can never keep up. But the uh, the amount of breweries that are out here is just, it's incredible and the amount of great breweries that are here is just even more like it's just it's just amazing um honestly um golden road is no longer part of the la brewers guild um we left that back in 2015 back when we we're part of uh, when we became part of uh, anheuser-busch um but obviously the um even if the i guess democratic uh, or bureaucratic relationships are not there we're still all friends at the end of the day so it's, it's honestly one of the, I, I see it like, we all kind of help each other out. We, um, I specifically have uh, very close friends at another uh, brewery that's in San Gabriel Valley. And they're, they, they just got their start about maybe two years ago. The two founders, uh, Golden Road uh, alumni. So whenever they need yeast or are in a pinch for any raw materials, 
they uh, they usually come to me and I try to make my best to accommodate their uh, their requests. You know, a lot of people don't have the same type of lab equipment that we do. So what they do is just kind of hit us up and like, hey, can you guys run um, maybe like some samples for ABB, for VDK, all that um, analysis stuff. And we're like, yeah, for sure. So they just kind of bring us a six pack and a couple samples and everything is good. The bureaucratic relationships may not be there, but the friendships never leave. It is one industry where people seem to, there's some competitiveness, but it is, a, it is an interesting industry from a competitiveness, but real community. It was a, an old saying that said, brewers talk and drink and salesmen argue. <laughs> it was kind of like, I'm like, okay, I, I can definitely see that. I, I, I've been on a couple of uh, sales uh, ride-alongs and I see how, how they kind of like talk to each other. It's kind of like that friendly competition. But at least with, with us, with, um, if I see another brewer, even from a direct competitor, we always have the same mission statement in common. And that is, once again, to make good beer. We actually have two of your beers in our beer league. So we have a fantasy beer league that's based on, on retail sales. Um, so we have 200 beers in this league. You can pick from those six beers and then you compete against other players in the league. And the point system is based on uh, your weekly sales versus week ago. So if you, okay. have a, if you have a very good week, it gets a certain amount of points, and then you add up your six beers, your six-pack of beers, and you go. So you, we Golden Road Mango Cart and Golden uh, Road Wolf Pup Session at IPA. We have both of those in the league. Try and create a variety across the country. So we're really excited to have your beers in there. And we're actually on hiatus for the holiday, but we're going to start a season up around the first of the year, and we'll send you an invite. You can either sign oh. up. Well, awesome. you, yeah, you can either be part of an open league where you compete against all these people across really the world, I guess, or you can start your own league. You can be a commissioner, invite all your friends to it, and they, they can do this. You know, it's, it's very similar to fantasy football, okay. except, except it's craft beer. So, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, th those are definitely two uh, our key performers in our portfolio. So those are definitely two, two of the beers that you, you kind of want to have on your, uh, on your arsenal. And, and that's the fun thing about this is p people like pick their favorites or sometimes people like to pick, uh, you know, we have a, a whole spectrum of people playing. Some people can really get, try and diagnose the numbers <laughs> and try okay. and, and, you know, so if you had a really bad week, one week in, let's say one of these beers, it would, it, the beer sales sometimes revert to the mean. So you kind of go, okay, their increase might be really high this week. So you have some people doing the analysis and then some people just having fun. I tend to pick beers that I've tasted or beers that I want to go out and drink. And uh, so it's less scientific, but it's, I still find it to be a lot of fun. It does sound like fun. Um, and for sure, I'll be joining up and probably starting my own league as well with some of the brewers here. Well, the one thing about it, I'll bet, you know, like Mike was saying, there's 200 beers. We, we try to mix it up between some of the, you know, some of the bigger brands that are out there in craft beer, and, and then also some of the smaller ones too. And because what we hear from people playing the game is uh, sometimes they might, you know, discover one of those beers because of their analysis. And other times it might just be the result of them finding out, you know, all the beers that did really well that they didn't have on their team. But it kind of leads them to learn about that beer. So, so part of part of the game does provide images of the of the beers as well as a story, uh, flavor profile, uh, you know, of the beers too. It, and it gets people kind of saying, "Yeah, I, I really want to go try that because if if so many people bought that last week, uh, maybe they know something that I don't know." And um, and, and it leads to 
at least to some interest. So that's a good thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. The more exposure you get out there for, for any brand, you know, like you could be helping out a smaller brewery in, in the Midwest or on the East coast. And that's, that's honestly, that's really, really good work. I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I say that you've got the most unusual origin story of craft beer that we've talked about so far, <laughs> you know, you know yeah, start, that's, that's... just starting from being a, a thinking about being a plastic surgeon and pivoting to a brewer. I think it's very cool, but I, I also think it's probably the most unique story. We, we hear a lot of people like they went into a bar, they had a craft beer, they never had a craft beer before. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, it was like this Nirvana experience where they're like, I want to work in this industry. <laughs> you know, those, that, that's a very common storyline that we hear out there quite a bit that, you know, someone that, that they taste craft beer for the first time and say, hey, this is a pretty cool environment or this is a pretty cool place to work. I'd like to work here. And then, they, and then they're off and running. But I don't think we've had one that started with uh, plastic surgery, as, as <laughs> which, which is very cool. Yeah, that definitely. It's just, um, to me, I'm like, I, I just, the fact that I can still use so much science and I can, honestly, I, I never stop learning. It's, that's, that's what got me into this industry. That, and then at the end of the day, the, the relationship you develop with people. Have you found that having a chemistry background has helped in this? I would imagine it would. Oh, ab absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely when it comes to uh, water chemistry, that's, uh, that's probably like my bread and butter. What does that mean? So water obviously when, um, when, uh, with water chemistry, what it entails is basically different amount of salts dissolved in the water from different regions of the country. So let's say LA is known for, to have very hard water. So there's a lot of uh, calcium in it. Yeah. Um, the calcium actually interacts with some of the malt, uh, with the malt and obviously some of the hops as well. So it gives it, it could potentially give an IPA, a certain off flavor that you don't want. Mm. So a lot of the industry uses um, either carbon filtered water or um, RO water, which is which stands for re uh, reverse osmosis, which is basically just a clean slate. You're basically stripping the water from all the uh, the minerals that are found, you know, from your local uh, municipality source. And then as a brewer, you kind of figure out like, okay, well, if I'm making either a porter, a stout, or IPA, or even a pilsner. I need to add different levels of either calcium carbonate or calcium sulfate, depending on what that profile that you want to hit is. Yeah, that's where I guess the chemistry would come in very handy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. With that, and then obviously, you know, like dealing with hops as well. Um, and a little bit of my, microbiology is definitely one of the backbones of, of brewing sciences as well, since we, we deal with a living organism, and obviously it's with yeast. You can probably spend your whole life learning about yeast, but at the end of the day, it is a living organism and it's going to react differently under different circumstances. So it's kind of like you have to know, basically play out different scenarios in your head of how, you know, different settings or, uh, or um, exposures to different factors will, will affect the end product. Those are things people without a chemical background probably think of because I know I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably one of the, the main concern when, when, you know, like, Whenever I go to a new brewery, obviously, you know, I, I try to not be very harsh on, on stuff, but it's kind of like the, the first thing that I always order is a lager, just because to me, I'm like, if you can make great lager, you know how to, you know how to brew. There's, there's so little to hide away, um, un, um, behind in a lager. Like basically you have a very delicate balance of both, both malt, water, and the hops in the, uh, in the lager as well. And sometimes you get a little bit of that yeast character coming through, but if something is just not right, it's going to show up. And 
literally about maybe 70 to 80% of the time when something is not right, it's most likely that they're kind of not taking a look into their water chemistry. This has been awesome to have you on. We really appreciate you taking the time. We eventually, when everything's done, uh, Mike and I want to get on the road and start to see some of these breweries. So if uh, Southern California is on the list, because there's a lot out there and, and we do have our developer out there for our beer league. So if we're out there, we'll definitely uh, give you a call. Maybe we can uh, meet in person rather than uh, oh, yeah. meet virtually. Yeah, but, absolutely. Like we, we, I can definitely take you to one of our three locations here in, in, in LA. We have uh, the main one in LA, which is close to Dodger Stadium. We have one right across the street from uh, Angel Stadium. And then we just opened up another one about a year ago, right on the marina in Huntington Beach. Oh, but it's been great talking to you. Very interesting story. We really appreciate your time. I know you're, you're, you're a busy person. I really appreciate you coming off the line to, to, to talk to us today. And uh, look for the invite. We should be starting up the league again in, in a couple of weeks. And, and we'll probably see your name up out there on the leaderboard. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for having me once again. And I look forward to meeting you guys in person. Okay. Have been happy holidays and a happy and healthy new year because we do look forward to seeing you um, sometime in, in 21. Yeah, likewise, guys. Great. Thank you. Yeah, Bye now. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.